Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome once again to Raising Saints. This is the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And here on the show, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most. We invite you parents to listen in on our conversations as you strive to raise the saints in your life. We hope that in listening to these conversations, you'll be able to gain insight and wisdom, maybe even the courage you need to have these conversations with your own Catholic teenagers. Today on our program, we are talking about virtue And we are here with three wonderful young Catholic men. I'll just go ahead and introduce you guys. We have Michael with us. Hi, Michael. Hi, Katie. Michael is a parishioner at Church of the Resurrection and a student at New Albany High School. And then we have Joey. Welcome back, Joey. Thank you. Joey is a parishioner at St. Andrew and a student at St. Charles Borromeo. And we are, I'm sorry, St. Charles Preparatory School. (laughs) And we are celebrating today, coincidentally, the Feast of St. Charles Borromeo. So happy feast day, Joey. Thank you. And happy feast day also to you, Tony. Thank you. Who's also a student at St. Charles Preparatory School <laughs> and a parishioner at St. John Newman. So welcome back. All three of you have been here before. You're old pros at this. So <laughs> we're talking about virtue today. So I'm going to start with a very relevant question. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Telekinesis. Telekinesis. It's the jack of all trades, I and mean, you can do anything with it. <laughs> I haven't. You know what? I haven't gotten that answer before. I don't even person. know what it is. I don't even know what telekinesis is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna go with it, Joey. Yeah, what would um, you? What would you pick? I'd like to fly. That'd be pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Flight. That's a pretty common one. We get that one a lot. I was going to go with flight also because I hate sitting in traffic. So being able to fly over all the traffic during rush hour would be just fantastic. Don't you think you would get cold? I could deal with that. Yeah. Traffic's worse. I couldn't get cold. <laughs> flying, I couldn't fly. I just would get too cold. Be like riding a motorcycle. Okay. So anyway, you're now wondering what does that have to do with virtue? Superpowers. So um, I want to quote Pope Emeritus Benedict, who said, in order to be heroic... Christian virtue must enable its owner to perform virtuous actions with uncommon promptitude, ease, and pleasure from supernatural motives and without human reasoning, with self-abnegation and full control over his natural inclinations. Wow. Yeah, right? So really what he's saying is virtue is a superpower. Um, and it's, you know... I'm amazed that none of you named virtue when I asked you what superpower you would like to have had. That'd be too easy. Yeah, well, it actually, no one has ever said that when I asked that question. Because um, it's not the one we maybe think of initially, but it's definitely the coolest, right? <laughs> so, it's the most useful. It's the most useful. That's right. I would agree with that. So um, how would you define virtue or what what would you say virtue is what does it mean to be virtuous i would say virtue to me or at least kind of in my experience would be possibly doing the right thing doing what you know is right even though you know someone's not watching you or taking cabs on you or there to critique you just doing what you know is the right thing to do 
even when you're not being put under a microscope. Okay. Anything to add to that, Michael or Joey? Well, I've always kind of seen virtue as the opposite of sin in a way. So as opposed to being sinful, someone who's a virtuous would have honor, have like a sort of self-worth and self-dignity and know how to act and how to use the skills God gives them in the best way possible. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just being a good person in general, just having good character, um, knowing right from wrong. Um, so, yeah. That's okay, great. Yeah, I think the catechism defines virtue as hum- um, firm attitudes, stable dispositions, and habitual perfections of intellect and will that govern our actions order our passions and guide our conduct according to reason and faith. So that's the, that's what you guys said, just in catechism wording. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, um, so why does it sometimes require sort of a superhuman power to be virtuous? Like Pope Benedict said. Well, virtue's not easy. It's not easy to always do the right thing, especially when culture and the world kind of, wants you to do the opposite of virtue. I mean, our culture provide, promotes many vices. Uh, what we see in the media promotes many different vices and lifestyles that are contrary to virtue. So I think it's sometimes hard to be the person kind of moving away from the crowd or moving the, not in the direction that others are moving. So I think sometimes in a world where one thing is promoted, yet we know that we're called and we're, we know what is right, which is the opposite of what culture is promoting, I think that can definitely be difficult, especially for teenagers. Do you think virtue is easy for some people are some people just like naturally easily virtuous i think it depends on their environment okay because um you see you see people who grow up in catholic cultural cultures and they grow up with people supporting them and sometimes that can be helpful and it it teaches them like that's their automatic right that's what they know is true but sometimes people get that rebellious streak and want to go against that so it all depends on, like, what's surrounding them and how they react to it. Because some people might be surrounded with with fear and sin and temptation, but they it just doesn't feel right to them. And that's, that's God saying, I know this isn't right. I'm calling you to be something more. And they respond to that. Okay. Or, or some people have never been shown, I think, what you're saying, mm-hmm. partly what you're saying is some people have never seen virtue modeled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah what, I agree. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Um, just recognizing virtue is also recognizing something that is not virtuous. Like, oh, okay. So um, some like cultures have been doing stuff for the same way for hundreds of years. And um, to recognize something that they're doing is wrong in when you're in that society is very hard to do, to, like to question the norm. Okay. And you know what? I want to talk more about that here in a minute. So hang on to that thought. But um, uh, let's give a framework here for virtues before we move on. The four cardinal virtues, um, sort of the foundation of all the other virtues, prudence, temperance, temperance, justice, and fortitude are what are known as the four cardinal virtues. And so throughout the show, I want to quote some of the most virtuous people who've ever lived, right? Some of the some of the saints, we might as well learn from the best if we're going to be talking about this. So let's start with prudence, because prudence is kind of like the mama virtue. <laughs> prudence is, uh, it directs all the other virtues. 
um, because it's the ability to recognize what is right and to do what's right. St. Thomas Aquinas called it right reason in action. That's what he called prudence, right reason in action. So we're in a, and Tony, you kind of alluded to this. We're like in this constant state of battle with our culture and with our conscience. Um, so this is why prudence has to become a virtue of heroic proportions. Our our passions never let up. Our culture never lets up. And we can easily be sort of overtaken by those things. So from in your experience, in like a teenage, a typical teenage experience, what would you say are some situations in which teenagers find it difficult to be prudent? Homecoming. Homecoming. Okay. Dances. Yeah, parties. Music nowadays that comes out is uh, very different than it used to be and can be very suggestive. Mm -hmm. And so is dancing can be very suggestive. And uh, it it seems to be the norm. Like everybody says, oh, it's okay if you do this. No one's watching. We're just teenagers alone having a good time. You can dance however you want. But you're you're never really alone. So this kind of goes back to what Joey was saying about how when you're in the middle of something that everyone is doing, but you recognize this is wrong. <laughs> so an example of that is every school dance ever, right? The <laughs> the dancing. Okay. What would be some other examples? Joey, you said parties. Yeah. Just um, I think an overall <clears throat> idea to this is... Um, you always see the same people at mass that you see at the party and they separate their two lives. Okay. Mm. So, um, it's about integrating into one state of mind, not, Oh, I'll be this way when I'm here and I'll be this way when I'm here just so I can fit into the particular areas. Is it, is it, so let me ask you some more about that mindset. Is it, I'm going to the parties so I can fit in to that mindset, or is it I'm going to church so that it's okay for me to go to the parties? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, th- I think it just depends on the person. Okay. Because did you want to add something, Tony? I was going to say I think just sometimes that we we know what's virtuous, but we we do what Joey said. We kind of segregate ourselves, our lives into sections, and we say, well, when it's easy, when it's convenient, when it's appropriate. I'm going to apply virtue that, that I know is virtuous. I'm going to apply the virtues that I know. Or, But when it's not easy or when it's not something that people want to see or necessarily have a conversation about or be around, then I'm going to kind of act like I don't know it, put it in the back of my mind, sh- shut that switch off, if you will. And so I think it's exactly what Joey said. Joey, I think, kind of hit it on the head. It's about maybe a virtue within itself would be trying to find a skillful way to integrate virtu- a virtuous life and a life within culture together. Okay. So that you could exist within culture and yet be... Be in the world, not of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, because someone that's virtuous but is just completely detaches himself from the world um, to the point where he's virtuous alone or in solitude may not be very beneficial. It'll be beneficial to him, but it's, gonna be, it's not going to be beneficial to others. And I think it's part of our Christian duties to help others grow in virtue as well. Right. Unless we have a specific vocation to a, to a cloistered right, life. To a we're called, or something like right, that. Yeah. We're called to go out and make mm-hmm. disciples of the nations. Yeah. Um, So, and this is now going back to, Joey, what you were talking about before, about cultural norms and recognizing when you're in the middle of something that's wrong. Is, 
Are these things easy to discern? Is it easy to discern the morality of things that are culturally acceptable? Or do we get confused by, well, everyone's doing it. It must be okay. Do you know, do you know what I'm asking? Like, maybe it differs with different situations, but... I think um, I think you hit it. I think you. Uh, I agree with you. I think um, that we know there are definitive things that we know are wrong. Um, there are big black and white issues. We know murder is wrong. We know that abortion is wrong. We know whatever. There are big black and white issues. But I think if we took those issues, we could kind of go down a slippery slope as well. And then the area starts to be more and more gray. Maybe it's not as severe as some of the black and white issues, but yet it's still related. And but yet we kind of play that mind game with ourselves as well. It's only this one time or, or it's not as bad as this. We weigh ourselves against. It's not as bad as that's a good right. one. Right. Comparing it to, well, it could be worse. <laughs> I could be worse. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. But that, that's never a true statement because we're taught that all sin is equal. And uh, Jesus says, if you're going to have lustful thoughts over a woman, you may as well lay with her. Yeah. Or Commit adultery. If you, if you, yeah. If you think about, Causing harm to someone, you may as well cause harm to that someone. There's there's no such thing as saying, oh, okay, I did this and that's wrong, but he did this and that's way that's more really wrong. That's really good perspective. So. Really good perspective. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, now you all are young men, so it's different for you. But I know for young women, a huge um, cultural norm in which women find it difficult to be prudent is modest dress mm-hmm. because... It's a matter of fashion versus a matter of modesty. And right, fashion right. is not modest right now. I mean, right. so. Very true. Yeah. Well, I think that goes along with gentlemen of the day, too, because if you're surrounded by people who are not being modest and not respecting their bodies, you still have to have the decency to respect them. Because even if they're not going to respect themselves, we're called to respect everyone. So, and, th- and that's something that I think young women experience a lot they might say why is nobody respecting me it's you're not respecting yourself enough Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter how much they respect themselves we're supposed to respect them you know hang on to that because we're going to do a show on that at some point because that's a whole different (laughs) awesome topic (laughs) if you're just joining us you're listening to raising saints on am 820 saint gabriel catholic radio i'm katie wyatt and we're here today with tony joey and michael and we're talking about what are we talking about? Virtue. We're talking about virtue. We're talking about virtue. <laughs> I was looking at justice, which is next on my list um, of the virtues we're talking about today. So next we're next we're up to justice, and justice is concerned with equality and longs to see people get that to which they are entitled. And in acting with justice, we also give God that to which he is entitled. So that's kind of a broad definition of justice but i'm wondering what do you normally think of when you hear the word justice like what images come to mind or what thoughts i think of gavels judges benches mm-hmm. i think of law right, books yeah, lawyers right punishment yeah kind of getting getting what you deserve for that bad thing you did kind of yeah sometimes a sword comes to mind too a like sword the sword of oh my goodness a scale i think of the mm-hmm. scale of justice balance yeah. yep I think that um, all of those images sort of point to people getting what they deserve. And actually, that's true. Everyone should get what they deserve. But we really, what we really have to ponder when we're thinking of justice is what exactly do people deserve? 
we can't only think of it as setting right someone's negative behavior or punishing someone for doing something wrong. We have to think of it as setting right everything that is wrong so that everyone receives justice. Um, that's so broad. It's so, so broad, right? Right. I think, we could, I think we could start to narrow it down by looking at this. If we first recognize that everyone has dignity, um, and not just Christians, not just, not just because we have baptismal dignity, yes, but we have dignity from the very beginning of our creation because we're created in the image and likeness of God. And if we believe that about every person we see, then the ideas of justice, I think, will start to flow out of that. Because how can we say that a person's dignified and has dignity just by their mere creation alone, but then say they don't deserve justice and they don't deserve the things that rightfully are theirs by their nature? So I think if we can start there, then we can start to kind of get into more of how we act on that justice and how we apply that justice to people's lives. Okay, so let's start there, because that's a great framework. What, I, I think we can all think of individual instances where justice has or has not been done, but are there sort of general injustices that are going on that, that you guys see from a youth perspective, from a teenager perspective? What are some of the injustices that you think of or that come to mind when you think of this world we're living in and I think of like mass populations who have to suffer from malnutrition or lack of shelter and especially like in ongoing wars all the Syrian refugees um that's not so much on a that's not more on a world scale but you have to wonder what have all these innocent people done that's wrong and what can we do for them to help them get what they deserve and that's that's I'm glad you added that because a lot of people look at that and say, God is not just. If God were just, that wouldn't be happening, right? Meanwhile, God's looking at us saying, <laughs> yeah, that shouldn't be happening. What are you doing about it? You know, sticking. <laughs> I think another big one in this day and age is uh, human trafficking. And we can look at that one kind of specifically because human tra- trafficking, people selling people as slaves, using people as slaves, implies that you think that they're less than you, which then completely contradicts the idea that people have dignity. So I think that that idea that we've kind of almost come full circle again to where we think that uh, human trafficking is okay in any sense has really started to twist the idea of what justice is uh, in the view of the world. And, And at the root of justice, the root of recognizing the dignity in everyone is love. It has to be love. And, um, St. John of the Cross says, a Christian should always remember that the value of his good works is not based on their number and excellent, but on the love of God, which prompts him to do these things, right? If we have, if we don't have Christian love in our hearts, none of it matters, you know, none of our good works, so to speak, matter. And I don't mean they don't matter in that they might not make a difference in someone's life. But from our perspective, from a, from a perspective of virtue, we have to act with love. Otherwise, we're just acting because it looks good on a college resume or because, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever our motivation. Got to get my service hours to get confirmed. Got to get my service yeah. hours done. Off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Mother Teresa that said, uh, you can't do great things. You can only do little things with great love. With great love. And yeah. look at what a difference she made in the world, doing Absolutely. lots of little things. Although I wouldn't consider the things she did little. That's true. <laughs> necessarily. But she true. did. She did. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right. Let's move on to our next virtue, which is fortitude. Here's what... Well, Go back to St. Thomas Aquinas. Here's what he says about fortitude. With the gift of fortitude or courage, we overcome our fear and we're willing to take risks as followers of Jesus Christ. A person with courage or fortitude is willing to stand up for what is right, 
in the sight of God, even if it means accepting rejection, verbal abuse, or even physical harm and death. I think fortitude is huge for teenagers. I think it's huge for adults, too. Um, I mean, we don't normally, at least in this country, we don't find ourselves having to sacrifice, you know, or have courage at the risk of losing our lives, right? Mm -hmm. Luckily, that's not a situation we often find ourselves in. But we do definitely have to make sacrifices in order to do the good, to do the right thing. Um, I, At least I think you do. <laughs> so I don't know if yeah. when I say that, does anything come to mind? Anything, anything that you would consider a personal sacrifice that you have to make in order to do the good, to do the right thing? Or that... Or teenagers in general, if they're striving to do the right thing, what are they sacrificing? What are they losing or missing out on? Well, sometimes you have to sacrifice a, uh, quote, good time. Because, like, fortitude branches right off of prudence. And this is why I love the fable of the sower of seeds so much. Because I feel like teenagers... Or the parable, are, yeah. The parable, yeah. not the fable. My bad. You're all right. <laughs> um, I feel like teenagers are so much like uh, the rocky soil that grow roots quickly because on Sundays when we're with our youth group and we're praising and the Holy Spirit is touching us, we feel, or at least I feel, so involved and so ready to make a difference. But then you start your week and you go through school and you don't go to church again and you know, okay, I'm not going to church again until Sunday. And you start to lose that. And as soon as the sun shines, we don't have deep enough roots and we wither and die. And I feel like we die under so many different things. We die under peer pressure. We die under afraid that people are going to laugh at our voice, uh, us voicing our faith. And um, just so much of modern day secular beliefs that will kind of drown out teenagers with strong faith. So it has a lot to do with just trying to fit in, just trying to not or trying to not stand out. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of the last thing we want to do sometimes as teenagers is stand out too much. Right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So where do you, Psalm 18, the Lord is my strength and my song, right? So where do you guys find strength for, to be courageous, to, to stand up for what is right, for do the right, for doing the right thing? I think in some circumstances, it's uh, almost like instant gratification. You can see a result, a physical result from your being virtuous. You can see the effect that it had in someone's life. You're going to see the effect that it had on your own life. You can see the effect it had in your family's life in the decisions that you made or didn't make. Um, and so I think that we can find strength in the fact that um, the Lord doesn't just let us do good works, doesn't let us be virtuous for nothing. There's a reason, there's a purpose behind it. And to be able to see that, now granted we're not always going to see that exactly in physical means, but to be able to see it I think is we can draw strength in the fact that what we do matters. It touches people li- people's lives. You may find out later after the fact, but yet every, every action that we have has some effect, whether negative or positive, on somebody's life. And so to see that effect, I think we can draw strength from the fact that I may have been persecuted at the time for this decision, but yet down the road I see in the big picture that it made a difference. And so being able to see that you made that difference, at least for me, provides me with some sense of strength. And going back to what you said about instant gratification and not always seeing that difference immediately, but recognizing that your actions... Have an impact. That's a great segue into our final virtue, which is temperance, right? Because temperance is moderation, right? St. Teresa of Avila said, our body has this defect that the more it is provided care and comforts, the more needs and desires it finds. So basically, 
the more we have, the more we want, right? right <laughs> so, right. so Tony, this is kind of this is why I bring the instant gratification thing in. You know, like we get used to being comfortable, we get used to having everything we need, we get used to, and and it spirals kind of. It, we spiral out of a state of temperance or out of a state of moderation. It, so I don't know. How do you see that played out in our lives? Well, I, I don't think a lot of people are aware of how um how blessed they are in what they have and so i think the best way to remedy that is to go out and do service because then you can actually see what the what the real situation is that how how much you really have and how less these other people have and then i think it should at least uh carry over to your everyday life saying well this guy on the street didn't have any food so i'm not going to take like you know 10 pieces of pizza i'll give one to someone else right perspective Mm -hmm. yeah but at the same time quickly building off what joey said is we see these people that don't have as much not nearly anything as much as we have and yet they're still very joyful most of them they're still very thankful for what you're able to provide them yet they are living in such different means and so yet we have all of this compared to them and we're still not thankful sometimes for what we have or we're still not happy with what we have. We always want the next. And so to see that, I think, really provides a perspective for temperance. We have come to the end of our segment. So I just want to, I feel very inspired by you guys. I feel very inspired to know that there are people who really are living virtuous lives and striving for virtue and understanding what that means. So I'm hoping that our listeners are also inspired by you and parents. I'm hoping that it gives you hope in your children and gives you, um, makes you enthusiastic about helping raise, form them into saints, people of virtue. So let's close in a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Lord, we thank you so much for the virtues that you give us. We ask you, Lord, to help us recognize opportunities to grow in virtue, help us to practice virtue, help us to instill it in our children. Um, by living it in our own lives. And we ask all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni,